listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. Hey, who would that be? Who would that be? It's an exceptionally ugly picture of this person. Is that, is he running for president? Not yet. Should he? It's a matter of time. Well, you say he should. Oh, is that Ro Khanna? Correct. Terrible picture of him. You should, I know. You should get that off of the internet before it does Photo- damage. Photographs don't lie. Um, so, uh, I, I, he was in the news. Was he? What do you, what, I, I, he was sort of, I claim he not, he is a nom, potential nominee for that island of yours, Bob. Island of the Dicks, Mickey? No, not well, Roe. No. Diane Senator, Diane Feinstein, veteran senator from California. Yeah, I've heard Shingles her. is at home, is like extremely old. Uh-huh. And he, he said she should quit, okay? He didn't say John Fetterman should quit. They hadn't been around. He didn't say... Uh, you know, when Manuel Lujan, when when the when the senator from New Mexico had a stroke, they didn't say he should quit. They say Diane Feinstein quit because they're pissed at her for not being progressive enough on the Judiciary Committee and for not being around to okay their appointments. Well, also, doesn't she, I mean, uh, have dementia? Well, that's the question. Nobody really knows. I mean, she forgets things and repeats herself, but that's one of the signs. Dementia you know. is a progressive. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's a sliding scale, and mm-hmm. she's obviously seems. Which last I saw her, she seemed able to mm. to uh, fulfill her duties. She thanked she thanked Lindsey Graham, and that was like the great sin. That's not a sign of dementia, really. Okay, but I have a question. Well, maybe it is. I have a question. Doesn't she have dementia? Sorry, that was a dementia joke. <laughs> oh, um, but. Uh, the other thing is he's the campaign chair for Barbara Lee, one of the candidates to replace Diane Feinstein. And uh, if she quits, Newsom, Governor Newsom gets to appoint a successor and he's pledged to appoint a black woman. Hey, Barbara Lee's a black woman running for senator. You know, maybe Newsom will appoint her and then she'll have the leg up on her opponent. So it's not like a completely unself-interested uh, uh, act by uh, your boy, Rokata. Wait, wait, wait. Where's the selfishness? I think I missed a link in the chain. His candidate would get a leg up in the race. He is he is the chair of the Barbara Lee campaign. Well, okay, Barbara but- Lee is a black woman. And if Gavin Newsom appoints her as the obvious black woman to appoint, then she has a leg up because she gets two years as the incumbent senator before the election. This is all the more reason he should be president. This guy knows how to do politics. Yeah. Sign him well, up. I, I I thought the interesting point was that uh, the, the, the uh, Feinstein establishes a baseline of how ill you can be and still be perceived as being able to do your office, and that same standard will apply to Biden in the coming six years. So, uh, depending on how demented she is, and and we don't really know, uh, you know, let's ha- let's have a uh, Dementia off with her and Biden side by side. Kenneth must demented, and we'll see if Biden meets the Feinstein yeah, standard. Mickey, you know that makes my dementia joke sound tasteful by comparison. I'm sorry. Please, can we have some standards on this podcast, Mickey? You know we're not um, spring chickens. We're like um, weeks away. 
from being in Feinstein land. And here you are making light of the thing. But that reminds me, I had been thinking about like people who could politely suggest to Joe Biden, prominent Dem Democrats, that he's too old and should not run again. And tell me if this sounds too slate pitchy, but how about Diane Feinstein for that job? She knows know. the territory. And, you say, and Joe, she, I feel your pain, right? Uh, I don't think he has a particular bond with Diane Feinstein, unfortunately. Okay, forget it. That was uh, probably a bad idea. Now that I think, if we could get, if we could bring Strom Thurmond back to life, he might be able. You know, he's Biden. Biden what's cooperated the, with him. He thing? might. He might. Uh, he might be able to hey, deliver the message. Seriously, seriously, how about a super senior Democrat? Who, who's like an old retired Democrat who can say, "I feel your pain." That's a good idea, actually. That's a good idea. I, I'm trying to think of one. How I about mean, you? Grassley how about you? The, I'm kidding. Grassley I'm is kidding. the super senior Republican, but he's still in office <clears throat> doing 500 push-ups a day or whatever he does. And, uh, so he's bad. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of Ed, Ed Rendell. But he's still saying. He's not that old, is he? Rendell? Not that young. Hmm. Uh, well, this is a good um This is a good we'll we'll, we'll crowdsource this. Commenters uh, anyway, will come up with good they, nominations. You shouldn't be upset with Biden. This is the week when everybody has realized Biden's gonna be reelected. Oh. and uh and um you know Please. you should be happy about that. Why You're are they realizing that? Well, because they don't they think this well, they think Trump is gonna win and they think he Trump is, is they're gonna win the nomination, and then he's gonna lose uh to Biden. There's uh the abortion issue is working for the Democrats. Uh, you Be know, careful what Trump, you hope for. Trump, uh, there's a, there's a there's a new theory for indicting Trump that shows some promise. What good does that uh, do? He can still run. Convicting him, <laughs> I guess he'll put it up. He'll put it. But up. Uh, uh, it, it's um, I don't know. I just see a lot of discouraged pundits. Uh, we were hoping for Ron DeSantis. And 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 I'm still hoping for Ron DeSantis, and but people are depressed that he signed this six-week abortion ban, which they think will will disqualify him in the general with a lot of people. I have I have a theory for why this is really brilliant. Mm -hmm. You want to hear my theory for why it's brilliant? Well, that, does it does it help him get the nomination in the first place, which is so in doubt now that he should be focusing well, there, on that? Yeah, there there's um there's uh. It all depends what Trump says. In other words, he may have thought two two things. He may have thought Trump will respond by coming out with a relatively pro-abortion position. Mm -hmm. So, you know, DeSantis is crazy. You know, the, the, the abortion extremists have gotten to him. Okay, that hurts him in the primary. Mm. Okay? And mm -hmm. it, it, it sort of puts Trump out of step with the Republican, sort of out of step with half the Republican electorate. and. Uh, and Biden and DeSantis may think this is one issue where people are passionate enough. A large subsection of the Republican electorate is passionate enough that he might be able to wean them away from Trump if Trump does this stupid thing and comes out relatively pro-choice, which he obviously is. Uh, so um, that may be the genius that 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 it's a it's a sort of attempt to get Trump to say something stupid. All Trump has to say is. Six weeks is too short. 
And, and then he's toast with it, really? No, the then nom- he's okay. Oh. But if he goes beyond that and sort of implies that there's some larger pro-choice agenda behind it or that he thinks, you know, the, the anti-abortion people are extreme or zealous or something or they're taking the Republican Party into the mm-hmm. loser category, um, uh, he might offend a chunk of his passionate voters and that would hurt him. Uh, and uh, then the other brilliant thing is that in the long run, if Trump, this was suggested by a, a, a reader of mine on Twitter, in the long run, if Trump comes up with a pro-choice position, you know, half the Trump pro-Trump people will go along with him and he'll, they'll be more pro-choice than they were before. So he moves the entire Republican Party into a winning position vis-a-vis the Democrats, a more winning position. Wow. And tames the, uh, tames the, the, the uh, anti-abortion sort of people who are like an anchor dragging down the party in, in an election. So that doesn't really help DeSantis, but it helps the Republican Party. So it's win-win, whatever happens. Well, no, the lose part is that, Trump, that DeSantis wins the, the nomination and he has to figure out a way to get the uh, six-week uh, abortion ban uh, somehow neutralize that as an issue. I don't know what his plan is there. Well, I guess he thinks he'll think of it later. If the Democrats are thinking that beating Trump is so automatic that you can nominate Joe Biden and relax, I, I worry that they are wrong. I, I, I worry that they're wrong. But you are now at least willing to concede something that you've refused to concede, which is that DeSantis is floundering. Not floundering, but no, I don't think it's way too early to say he's floundering. Uh, he, 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 um, it, 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 I didn't expect him to sign this bill. So I think that that's a puts him in a in a uh, it, it's like somebody you know baseball analogy. It's like somebody's just scored three runs against him. It, you have to overcome what inning that. is it? What inning is it though? Oh, it's the second inning. Oh, okay. Well, uh, plenty of time, folks. Settle in, and enjoy. But you know, a, a political pundit of no less a stature than Bill Sher said on the DMZ podcast this week to his partner Matt Lewis. The DeSantis should cash in his chips, get out of the race, because he says, look, he's he's not going to win. He's tried his, his actual strategy. It's not working. And then the other thing he says is everyone who competes with Trump comes out diminished. I mean, in normal politics, running for pr- president is just almost always a good thing. You get your name recognition goes up. You don't do grave damage to your brand. But. You know, he went through the candidates last time around, you know, Jeb Bush, uh, you know, Chris Christie, even uh, Marco Rubio, um, certainly uh, Ted Cruz, and made the argument that they were pretty much all diminished. I don't know if he mentioned Christie, but, but uh, you know, he so he's like, get out while the getting's good. Well, it's way too early. It's way too early to say DeSantis tried his strategy and it failed. He hasn't even declared yet. It's, he should probably declare pretty soon. But, uh, you know, you let him wage a campaign first before you can, before you say his strategy is diminished. I think the Social Security thing is a much bigger albatross than abortion, but they're both albatrosses. Well, maybe I'm putting but, words so, in Bill's mouth. The other mouth, thing but... is, you know, you have to be willing to, 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 uh, to talk, to, you have to be willing to take some risks. If you keep your powder dry, you wind up as Mario Cuomo, okay, a guy who never pulled the trigger. 
So, you know, the, 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 the usual rule to, to counteract share is when you think it might be your moment, you have to seize it. You can't, can't wait around. It's, you know, four years of wait and four years of wait and four years of wait. Pretty soon you're Diane Feinstein. So, uh, or Diane Feinstein. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think share is wrong. And, uh, and, you know, the Senate has some real strengths. So he has a couple of, for example, what if he said, I, I have a, I have two points of a three point DeSantis uh, immigration uh, demarche. Uh, what is uh, a demarche again? Demarche is an initiative. Like a, uh, uh, okay. But you're right. It, he should call it a demarche. I think the MAGA no, base will love that. He should call it a demarche while he's buying crudités. Like, yeah, yeah. I like think Dr. Oz. Like but, um, yeah. No, I, I came up with demarche. I thought that would be a good name for the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. The George Washington football team. They they gave up colonials. They're looking for, they're thinking of ambassadors. Or is the Washington, D.C. football team the ambassadors? Anyway. No, they're, they're the, the commanders, I think. Commanders, okay. Yeah. So they could be called the, the GW Demarche. Anyway. That's an excellent uh, idea. Uh, or the Rapproche Maws. All the, the parolees, the people that Biden is letting into the country, there are a million of them under the guise that they're just getting parole. It's a complete distortion of what was supposed to be a small program, are going to be eligible for welfare either in one year or in five years. The Senate should say they shouldn't be eligible in welfare, and Congress should pass a law saying that. Okay, that'll be mm-hmm. wildly popular. Uh, the second thing is... Uh, the government is secretly funding or quietly funding all these NGOs that are performing a welcome committee for all these illegals that Biden is letting in. Uh, cut off federal funding for these NGOs that are also helping illegals who Biden doesn't want to let in, but they're helping all they're helping a whole bunch of illegals come to the country. Okay, the government shouldn't fund them. Those are two very popular planks for a for a you know DeSantis could go to town on. Why are the DeSantis people not seeking you out, trying to tap into your wisdom and and getting Demarche advice from you? Why is that How do you not? Know they're not, Bob. Ooh, do you have something you'd like to share with us? No, but uh, they're not. But um, oh. I'm trying to sneak these ideas into the DeSantis camp. Oh, you are. I have. Who, who are you? Who 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 is uh, deleting these emails you're sending? I I have. I have I have many different ways into the DeSantis camp, Bob. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I do. Um, I thought David Sachs was going to be the the route into the DeSantis camp, but uh, yeah, you should you should cozy up I, to I, him. I think that would work. I have a feeling he was behind the DeSantis Ukraine statement where he said it was a a territorial dispute. I and I don't so, know why you and, think and, that. It's the sort of thing that Sachs would say. I don't know. You know, there's a uh, there's a piece by Jacob Heilbrun in Politico magazine about this guy Elbridge Colby. Do you know who he is? He's Vaguely. supposedly the the foreign. He's the grandson of William Colby, director of the CIA, who died under mysterious circumstances. But I digress. He did. Uh, I think so. I think some people oh. even speculate that it's suicide. But I, his his son apparently did a documentary on him, and I, I want to watch that. But uh, oh. but anyway, uh, I hope that's true. What I just said. Anyway, he's no he can't sue me. He's definitely he definitely died of something. He can't sue me. Um, anyway, his grandson Elbridge 
uh, is this foreign policy guru of the, you know, the new MAGA-esque types, supposedly, according to Jacob. And I wrote about it, actually, in uh, in today's non-zero newsletter. what what and and what he's what oh oh here's a line I think from Jacob's piece is that when uh DeSantis said that about territorial dis- dispute, uh Colby would have been doing a victory dance. So like that's a line right out of his book, I gather, if, if I'm remembering this line from Jacob's piece correctly. Um, but at any rate, he's what's interesting to me is the way these supposed Republican non-interventionists are not non-interventionists. They're absolutely psychotic China hawks. They're just going to get us into a war in a different place. They don't want to. They don't want to waste resources as they see it uh, defending Ukraine. They want to get us into a war in the Pacific. I mean, now, what they will say is, no, no, we're actually going to deter China with this massive uh, military buildup and all these provocations. But that's what they said about Ukraine. You know, well, we're sending them all these weapons. Uh, and and doing all this NATO collaboration so that Putin won't invade. And then Putin cites exactly that in explaining why he's going to invade. But uh, so anyway, that's uh, this 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 Elbridge Colby apparently bears watching. Well, that's not that extreme a position. Uh, uh, the Richard Haas had an article in somewhere Atlantic, mm-hmm. maybe no, he had, I don't know somewhere he had an article with written with somebody else. I thought his plan made sense. Uh, tell me why I'm wrong. He's the Pope of the blob, but it seems to me the blob may be waking up. He says, uh, let the current Ukraine uh, fighting, you know, nobody wants, they, they don't want to make, go to the negotiating table now. So let them fight it out until the end of whatever this spring counteroffensive is. And there'll be a stalemate at the end of that. And then we get them to the, to the negotiating table. And it's in our interest to have a negotiated settlement because uh, we want to, it's, it's fucking us up. We want to turn our attention to Asia uh, in part. That's one of the reasons. It's also killing people. It's also always a threat of something destabilizing, horribly destabilizing will happen. Uh, and uh, so why is that a sensible plan? Well, you either get one more round of fighting and then, then, then we're going to, you know, uh, emphasize to Ukraine that they're losing their support in America? Um, well, I mean, there's two sides to it. I have some issues with both. I mean, in Ukraine, I wouldn't just sit around. I would actively try to hasten the end of the war. Um, you know, there was a, uh, among the things, you know, when we taped last week, these documents had kind of just leaked. And uh, now there's been a lot of pouring over them. And apparently, I mean, different, I don't, I can't figure it out. Different newspapers have access to different ones uh, and they're still going the, through the them. Document, the document leak does, it doesn't seem all that impressive as far as leaks go. I mean, man, I mean, I don't, I mean, people are making a big fuss about it. What's so great, what's so revelatory about what it says? And B, are they saying that Ukraine is losing the war or winning the war? I hear it both ways. Mm, losing no not losing but that but they're the post did a story you know for weeks now i've been saying that it seems like uh this offensive may well not go very well and it turns out that that is actually the official view of the u.s uh foreign policy establishment the um let's see if i can find this the, by not uh, go well you mean 
they will actually lose territory or just it just won't no, gain very just much? No, the quote is that they will, from the documents, these classified documents, that there will likely be only, quote, modest territorial gains in the offensive because of, quote, enduring Ukrainian deficiencies in training and munition supplies, uh, which will probably strain progress and exacerbate casualties during the offensive. Now, the Post, uh, when they did this piece, talked to U.S. officials and anonymous U.S. officials cl set claim, uh, and I guess it's true, but I think it's also the kind of thing they'd almost have to say once it's been revealed that they don't think this offensive is going to go well, uh, that uh, here's a quote from the Post piece. Uh, in the week since the leaked document was drafted, U.S. officials have held talks with Ukrainian leaders to ensure that Kyiv's ambitions for the offensive match its capabilities uh, and that they understand the limitation of what they can do. In other words, uh, and it it's pretty much says that the idea of severing the land bridge is in the eyes of U.S. intelligence officials is not realistic, uh, which makes sense to me. And I mean, I, I, I think it's good if you don't uh, waste a ton of Ukrainian lives on an offensive that's probably not going to get anywhere. But anyway, unlike uh, Haas, I would say get active in trying to bring the war um, to a close. Uh, which Haas, means says, Haas says give them everything they want for a year. And then the hammer comes down. That's just too passive. I mean, our our, our our failure to use leverage we have is kind of mystifying. It's not passive; or it's active. Or we would give them a whole bunch of munitions and uh and uh and then use that as leverage later. No, but if they un but but then if they unwisely expend it all, what do we do then? Say okay, well now Russia's going to invade, and now Russia's going to head westward and take over the whole country. No, that's stupid. I mean, you know, you have to you. Well, you, we, you we, if there's we're, a limit, we're babysitting them and hovering like helicopter parents over their military fine, in any if, case. If we decide we're going to keep arms flowing for a year, I would say right now, okay, tell them you're going to sit down at the peace table or we're going to do X, Y, and Z. We have huge leverage. And now the question is, is, uh, is Russia up for it? Uh, we don't know. Uh, you know, but I, I do think I mean, honestly, I, I think the other thing about severing the, the land bridge is it would actually prolong the war and make it more likely that Russia does another massive mobilization uh, and so on, because uh, I think they they find that an untenable the, position. The, the, the other part of the, the Haas thing is, uh, is uh, basically a ceasefire in place wherever the line is at the end of the year, uh, and that gives that presumably will give Putin a bunch of territory he can crow about. And the second thing is he doesn't want to let Ukraine into NATO, but he wants to have a separate agreement by some people in NATO, because we can't get all of NATO to agree to this, to protect Ukraine, uh, and a total membership in the EU. So their economy becomes integrated and militarily they're sort of almost integrated. I don't know why that won't threaten Putin, but uh, but that's his plan. Um, and it's as good a plan as I'm able to come up with. So, yeah, the uh, I I mean, as for the the settlement, I don't know. It's going to be very challenging to get something kind of for, that formally resolves the issue, and you know. And, and leads to internationally recognized borders and and all that. I mean, it's hard to imagine it being anything other than 
in some sense frozen, but maybe he's got a plan. I don't know. The um uh but as for the well, doctor, he also he's yeah. also resigned to having it be a stalemate for the next twenty years like Korea, as long as there's not active fighting. Right, which has turned into a fairly stable border. Uh you, you presumably uh, wouldn't have anybody uh, quite as wild on either side of the border as you have in the case of North Korea. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. The uh, now, As for the documents themselves, though, in terms of what is said to be the big deal, you've got, uh, first of all, some awkward things with allies, North Korea, Israel, um, and not, you know, partly the fact that we're spying on them and partly things they'd rather uh, weren't out there and so on. North um, Korea is an ally? I mean, South Korea. I mean, South Korea. Yeah. And uh, and then, um, you know, you've got, did we, does it reveal more than we'd like about our spying capability with respect to Russia? And I don't know enough about the, the technical. Well, this is why stuff. I thought it might, it, it seems to imply that Russia is in trouble because it says, uh, First, we have their military totally wired, mm -hmm. and we're actually giving the bombing targets to Ukraine. <laughs> oh, we've known second, that, I think. Sorry? I think we've known for some time that we yeah. are, in effect, giving them a lot of uh, targets. And and, yeah. and and second, that their morale is their, their, their morale is terrible. Yeah. I, well, so it's, yeah, I, I'm willing to believe that. I think what we didn't know necessarily for documents is that the extent to which we know where they are going to strike uh, with their, you know, with their missile strikes and stuff. Apparently, okay. you know, we have them pretty thoroughly penetrated. And I don't know, but it's a weird thing. What I don't get is like, how do you have a 21 year old in the National Guard with access to this kind of stuff? I mean, come on. Why? Well, I, I, I mean, he must have done a little bit of hacking. I mean, the. Uh, Maybe, I mean, but that's, that shouldn't that's be true with, That's true with all those guys. That's true with. Snowden, that's true with Chelsea Manning. I mean, I mean, you know, they have they how do they get a hold of this stuff if Snowden it's so, was a so much, classified? But Snowden was a much more sophisticated guy than this guy. I mean, this guy is a, you know, did you look at have you read up much on him? No, there's something about red gym shorts. Everybody's going crazy about red gym shorts. Well, he that's what he was wearing when he was apprehended. I'm not sure that's <laughs> okay. what I would lead with if I were writing the story, but uh, but no, he had this, you know, there was a Discord server. Where he had some teenage, I think he was the administrator of the server. And so it's a small discussion group. And these guys are like gamers and gun enthusiasts, and I guess Christians, but also maybe like racists. There's supposedly a video of him uttering uh, anti Semitic and otherwise racist and, slurs. And before is he married a gun. or is this like a gay I don't think he's, I don't, I don't think he's undercurrent married. Undercurrent here. I don't think he's married. Um, but I think he got a lot of his serotonin from being, uh, you know, they referred to him as the OG. A lot of so these guys was, are teenagers. He was showing off to these guys. He was kind and, of showing off. And uh, and it's a weird, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he had access to the documents or he did have to hack. He was a computer guy. But I mean, he's in the Massachusetts National Guard. Why is he even involved? And these are, these are classified briefings prepared for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. <laughs> who, who says, "Hey, let's call up the Massachusetts National Guard and get them in on the on this thing." I don't get it. Got to get buy-in from the guard, man. I guess maybe there's <laughs> no, somebody from it, all fifty guards. It's completely insane. Uh, 
and and the the, the military has some explaining to do, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I, you know, I guess I, I I don't know. It seems to me it's a slow, bizarrely, it's a slow news period, and the press is making more of this than otherwise well, they would be. It's a pretty big. It's non-trivial. I mean, it's non-trivial, and there's some, you know. Uh, there's some embarrassing stuff. I mean, including all the, you know, like us saying, well, we don't think this offensive is going to work. That's, you know, if we wanted that, that out there, we'd, we'd, we'd already have it out there. There was something about China agreeing to secretly arm Russia. That seemed to me the headline. Yeah, it looks as if back when we were saying, when uh, Lincoln was going on the, all the morning shows saying China's about to arm Russia, uh, it was because of what is revealed in these documents that China was contemplating actually sending them stuff in the guise of non-military equipment or something. So what about, maybe they succeeded in squashing that. I don't know. Have we talked about the argument for us of being on Ukraine's side that basically when they gave up their nukes, we gave them our word we would defend them. So we're sort of honor bound to be on their side. Uh, yeah, I guess we did kind of. Yeah. And, and Bill Clinton has said that he's sorry that he had them give up their nukes. I'm yeah, not that was in a Walter it. Russell Mead column. It, I think he's, he's sorry that we reneged on our word, I believe. What, 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 what do you mean? What, we are helping them. He, he means he, well, what, people thought we reneged on our word when they first, uh, invaded Crimea. What what so would he have done? I mean, give me a break. They had already they took it over in a nanosecond. Everyone in Crimea welcomed them. What the what the hell are we going to do? Iraq all over again? Well, that we gave them our word. That's our word. If it was NATO, would we have? Would we? Hey, what, hey, what, what, what would we have done? I've got something Bill Clinton can regret if he would like to regret, and that's launching the whole NATO expansion juggernaut. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Would you? So the the um. We and, gave and them our word. For crassly political reasons, for crassly political reasons, he expanded NATO. Uh, but Wait, you're, you're, you're dodging the question. Which what is, is the question? What is the question? The question is: Doesn't the fact that we gave them our word have an independent weight in terms of weighing on the side of of being pro-Ukraine? I would call our current policy pro-Ukraine. I mean, what? What you mean? I mean, the only thing we're not doing is sending our actual troops in so that this can be a Russia versus NATO war is, you know. Okay. I mean, I guess they they would like fighter jets or something. But um, so, uh, oh, also on Bakhmut, uh, you know, nothing has changed except that they occupy even less of it than than before. That continues to happen. are you now this Clarence Thomas thing? Okay, you were last week defending uh, Clarence Thomas accepting what I think must have been hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of goodies from this guy in terms of jet travel, staying at his resort, and so on for years and years and years. Now, a couple of things. First of all, I didn't realize. That this guy is very active in public policy. He funds groups that have business before the Supreme Court. I didn't realize that. But also now 
something new has come out that apparently uh, Clarence Thomas did something not just unethical, but illegal because he didn't uh, report that this guy bought property from him that wasn't his house. If it's his house, he doesn't have to report it. It was property co-owned by, I guess, him and two relatives, including his mother, but it was his mother's house and uh, two other little properties in Savannah. And uh, by, by the way, Thomas had said on the forms he did fill out disclosing his ownership of those properties about 10 years earlier that they were collectively less than his stake was worth less than 15000 But when he sold them to this guy, he made 45000 So something changed reasonably fast. Um, the other thing is this guy also uh, bought property next to his mother, uh, Clarence Thomas' mother's house, from somebody else. And that was a house where apparently there were a lot of people who partied and made noise. So he just bought the house and destroyed it, okay? <laughs> that seems like That's kind of a personal favor. Anyway, this is apparently actually illegal. And and I want to read it. Uh, illegal under what statutes? Uh, I don't know. Go read the pieces. Supposedly, this is something Thomas I mean, he, was he supposed to, to disclose. Right, but was it supposed to disclose under federal law or I don't under know. the Supreme Court's own rules, which wouldn't be illegal. It would just be a violation of the Supreme Court's rules. I don't know. But more interesting to me is this tw tweet from Chris Murphy, which I haven't fact-checked, but here it is. The guy's name is Harlan Crow. He says, it's not like Harlan Crow is some apolitical pal of Thomas. He constantly has cases before the court. He finds groups that argue for outcomes that benefit him. One group, uh, oh, he funds groups that, that uh, argue for outcomes that benefit him. One group, CCI, filed eight briefs before the court. Thomas sided with Crow in all eight cases. Mickey, have we gotten to the point were you think any ethical flags are raised here? Uh, well, certainly ethical flags are raised. Yeah, um, but you weren't concerned about them last week. We have, we, is Mickey's concern level getting above zero here? Yes, but uh, the, sure. uh, the I I thought he'd recused it when he I thought he'd recused himself when Crow. Uh, well, Crow when himself Crow, Crow actually was, appeared before the court. The, but, this uh, is a Crow-funded group that that filed uh, eight briefs before the court and Thomas yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it seems like a corrupt web of something but it, it, the point I forgot to make last week is corrupt corrupt webs can be non-monetary at all it can just be that you you know of course you're a lonely person and you like to go to events with uh, I don't think this fits Thomas but you can you can have non-monetary webs of corruption uh, so the focus on money is is sort of is sort of uh, misplaced. But uh, it's and not also there's the, it's just it's not the, the entire uh, problem. Why, why buy the cow when you're getting the milk for free? I mean, Crow is getting the milk. Thomas is a very conservative guy. Uh, so he, why did he fuck it up by buying, trying to buy the cow? It makes well, first of all, you all. never know. History is replete with Supreme Court justices who evolve ideologically. You might as well start getting them on your private jet and your vacation aisle early or whatever the, his vacation resort property is. I, and, I and not, just stick with it, which apparently was a strategy. I, it is. I guess. I guess there is a sense in which, even if you're really conservative, you're, it sort of locks you in, in a way that you know. Because not only if I write this piece, not only will I get shit from my Republican friends, I will get not invited on the five hundred thousand dollar cruise. If somebody had done year, that so. with Earl Warren early on in his tenure, we'd have a totally different world, Mickey.
Uh, well, Fortis didn't. Somebody did do it with Fortis. And as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, it, it was worse because that guy actually had a criminal case involving himself that was winding its way up to the court. Uh, so, um, and, and involved a presidential pardon where Fortis weighed in. So that guy, that guy had, had, but had much more concrete business. If you're a billionaire and you're a conservative, you're going to probably fund conservative groups. But yes, it's troubling. I agree. I think, I think, uh, we, we now have a headline, headline for our whole episode. What is it? Midnight in the Garden of Evil. It was Savannah. That's a very clever reference. That book, Midnight in the Garden of Good and, and Evil. And the guy has a Garden of Evil. Right. Campbell Crow has a Garden of Evil. You're, Mickey, I don't know why people say you're not a genius. And I always I always argue when they say that. Um, let's see, what else? Here's a little minor ethics question for you. I mean, let's. Uh, I don't think Thomas was qualified to go in the court in the first place. Yeah, but he's never he's never blown he's there, me away he's, with his he's representative yeah. of a, a viewpoint that probably should be heard. So they, his presence doesn't bother me. And occasionally he makes good points, but uh or his clerks make good points, but uh but yes, this is troubling. Go ahead. So what you saying, I don't know what the uh, a couple of things. Well, I was gonna bring up this, well, I don't know. Uh it seems a little weird to me. You know, last week, um, we were talking about the Elon, you know, calling uh, NPR state-affiliated media and so on. Well, that story has evolved. But first of all, one thing I said was, well, is he going to label Bellingcat? You know, Bellingcat, last time I checked, got funds from the U.S., from European countries, unless I'm deeply confused. I haven't checked these facts. But it struck me as kind of weird because of that when um, – the New York Times signed up these Bellingcat guys, at least one of them, to co-author, to work with them on this documents case. Apparently, they play the, 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 the Bellingcat guy. What is Bellingcat? Oh, you know, it's And this. how is he different from Cat Turd? <laughs> They're, They're both cats. <laughs> Bellingcat is this, you know, open source intelligence um, thing that is uh is you know often corroborating things that uh nato member states want corroborated <laughs> um, and it gets money from a number of them but but its reputation i mean people out there think of bellingcat as this as this as the personification of good i mean it's definitely uh but it's, the more it's, it's another institute for the study of war I wouldn't know. It's, 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 uh, I mean, first of all, what it does, it does, uh, impressive work sometimes with open source intelligence. Like it'll do a, um, uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll corroborate, uh, things about, well, things about the Ukraine war. It's a long story. Anyway, my question is, is the New York Times, I mean, some people raise flags about the New York Times, like, tracking down this guy that they finally arrested. I think the New York Times figured out where he was before the feds did, okay? And I think they did it with the help of this Bellingcat guy. And people were saying, wait a second, what about the days with New York Times? Like, they like leakers, right? They're a journalistic organization. They didn't hunt down people who leaked classified documents. They reported what was in the documents and were grateful for them. Um, 
there's that. But I just think it's also a little weird that, uh, you know, Bellingcat being this uh, funded by uh, the government that's going to prosecute this guy. Um, you know, the, the Times hire somebody who fits that description to help track him down. That seems weird. I don't know. Well, they they would cooperate with the FBI, presumably, if they're if they're tracking people down, right? Well, they'd cooperate, but I mean, the Times hired this guy to help them do the tracking down for the feds, okay? He's nominally a Times journalist right. and a Bellingcat guy. It's, Maybe I've got this story sort of, wrong. It's not I, a I conflict of interest. It. It's a confluence of interest. They both had an interest in nailing this guy. And yeah, it does seem ideologically driven. I mean, if it was, I mean, should the New York Times during the Vietnam era and they didn't like the war, they would not have pursued the Daniel Ellsberg relentlessly until they'd exposed him. Although somebody exposed him, I guess maybe he exposed himself. Should the New York Times employ any journalist who is at that moment subsidized by the government or any other government? I would have thought they'd say no. I. It depends if there's. Reason to think they're horrible conflicts of interest. If, Look, I, mean, I haven't, I haven't done the research. I'm working from memory on Bellingcat's funding and so on. So uh, go ahead and at me if I'm wrong. I don't, I don't understand why Musk picked this fight about government affiliation in the first place. It seems. Oh, he's just mad at NPR. He, he he manages his company by tantrum. My, you know, my he was new, having uh, a tantrum. My new my new line on uh, on Twitter is. Same as sort of Matt Iglesias is the experience of the average user on Twitter is exactly the same as it was before Musk bought it. What's all the fuss about? Hasn't improved that much. I I basically have the same viewers and the same followers, the same number of them that I had before. I'm a little less paranoid. Uh, I'm slightly paranoid about Musk, but mm. most of the things that I thought were, you know, evil you know, Musk, Musk reading my tweets and deciding to screw me, in fact, are just like technical glitches on Twitter that, well, which there are definitely more of since. Why Musk would Musk it. do that? You're always defending him. He would do that to me if he cared. If I rose to his level, which I would, I would never be on his radar screen. But why? Why? I mean, I'd easily I be a victim a, before you would. I was, I don't know. I was making a joke that was rubbing in the failure of his blue check verification program. Um, and I'm and I'm on Substack, Bob. True. Substack is the enemy at the moment. Apparently. Ultimately, I think the obvious solution to this is for Substack to buy Twitter from Musk. Substack and doesn't get, have that kind. Are you kidding? Where are they going to well, get the they, money? Well, they have to line up like twenty billionaires behind them to come up with the twenty billion dollars. Uh, More Musk likely, was, I mean, Musk would buy Substack, but um, so you would um, think. You would think, but uh, but in, in so, terms of in terms of steady management and 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 fealty to free speech, I would say Substack is ahead of Musk at this point. So that was the uh, alarm, the forty five minute alarm, and uh, so before long, we're going to head off into the sunset. But but we can. I I have a number of things I can say about Twitter. Um, I mean, for people who haven't been keeping up with this, what happened, well, this this was starting to happen last week, you know, Twitter had started, I mean, Substack had started this thing called Notes, which uh, Musk took, I guess, to be a big Twitter rival, um, and he started uh, censoring, making it impossible to embed Substack tweets or even to search for Substack, and, and then he, and then he, uh, when Ty Matt Tybee complained, he went after Tybee. 
And now Tybee is uh, permanently, you know, he's left Twitter and he says, I'm going to, you know, my, I'm going to be on Substack and in Substack notes. And at, at first I thought he might walk that back, but then on Substack, you know, I'm, I've been on Substack notes and uh, Tybee is reaffirming uh, his disgust with Twitter. Is he, is he actively trashing Musk? Well, uh, the uh, the quote you tell me if Musk should take this personally. The quote on uh, on from uh, Substack Notes was, "quote I wouldn't wipe my ass with Twitter." That was what Tabby said. He he said huh. he prefaced that by saying um, uh, he will fulfill his obligation to Musk and and finish the the Twitter files. One thing Musk did was apparently delete his own uh, Tybee's Twitter files in a in a fit of peak, and maybe he's reinstated them. But the guy is totally rogue, Musk, constantly. He's just always going rogue. Uh. But the uh, but anyway, Tybee said he'll fulfill his terms of the deal. He will report out the rest of the Twitter files, and he will will put them on Twitter in compliance with a deal. But he will not put them out under his own account. Because, quote, I wouldn't wipe my ass with Twitter. Um, huh. It's starting to uh, sound like permanent estrangement there. I, I will. It, the, 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 yeah, that, that's a sort of that's a sort of nasty thing right before you kiss and make up. Right. That, uh, but this um, was a week after the initial estrangement. <laughs> and then he went off on some vacation with his family and he came back more pissed off than it. And I mean, once you said something like that, it's there. I should have screenshotted it. To, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if if Trump's if if, if Musk's erratic behavior on Twitter doesn't call, sh- means we shouldn't call his judgment into question <laughs> when it comes to electric cars. It's sort of it's infecting back up the chain. Well, here's it's funny. I was just thinking about this. When Musk first bought Twitter, I thought, you know, he's done great with cars and rockets, but Social media is about people. Does he understand people? And then I thought, well, he must have understood them well enough to anticipate the market for electric cars. And, you know, his marketing strategy for Tesla, however offbeat and eccentric it seems, has worked. He's turned himself into this quirky guy who is an icon for the company, and it's worked. So I thought, well, maybe he does understand people. But I think it's increasingly clear he doesn't understand people. And again, I've said this before, you know, it's not something to joke about i mean he has said that he's on the autism spectrum and one characteristic of some people on that spectrum is that they don't understand human beings he said that about himself in his teen years he has said in my you know when i was a kid it was very hard i couldn't understand like what would be taken as a joke oh speaking of which uh you know you saw what he did with the twitter sign this week you put it upside down no no it's a much more sophisticated humor than that mickey the Twitter uh, sign on the bu- Twitter building in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. He painted the W out so it looks like the word titter, Mickey. Get it? So the idea the idea is that like, people are just tittering with each other on Twitter. That's not the idea, no. <laughs> that would be... Too sophisticated. Way too sophisticated. Okay. The idea is what would occur to you if you were still 13. Um, well, he should get a lot of 13-year-olds then. Well, I he think can he be does. There. See, that's the thing. What, what he tweets is when you look at tweets like that, totally yeah. juvenile, he gets a jillion likes and retweets, and it's he, it's a bunch of teenage guys. He can be their OG. He can be their OG. He can be their OG. Uh, I I have things to say about EVs in the parrot room. Yep. 
I, uh, so that's one thing we could talk about. Mm-hmm. We could also talk about does is there now finally a decent theory to prosecute Trump on? Mm-hmm. I think maybe, maybe not. I want to talk about the collapse of Biden's border policy. I want to talk about uh, the alarmist versus non-alarmist view of AI. Yeah. Uh, and I think Ross Douthat is on the wrong side. And I want to talk about three, I have sort of like, I'm working on three go- government programs Mickey likes. I'm working on, I'm working on that because, you know, just in terms of personal repositioning of Mickey, mm-hmm. seems like a good thing to do. We have some statistics that are too bad to be true. Uh, and all sorts of things like that. Okay. Uh, I want to talk uh, Ra- about... Raihan Salam versus Ezra Klein. I got that. Go ahead. Um, I don't have so many things. That, though. I do want to talk about... I want to talk about AI. I agree. Including, uh, you know, we talked about the movie Megan or whatever it is. Well, already there's a, a, a Princeton professor has basically brought Megan to life by... Uh, by by you know plugging uh gpt into uh audio stuff and making it uh the friend of his 3 year old and uh we'll see i i've got some things about that um the you plugged it into a furby well no, i don't think there's an actual doll i think it's just it's just it's just a speaker that that the 3 year old can talk to but it's a playmate it's a, it's a you know i mean it's not a physical playmate but it's a it's a conversation partner for his 3 year old and and I will read some of the um anyway the uh I want to talk about Substack notes and I do think it has tremendous potential. Uh I will the one thing I want to say on the public podcast is I think they're making a grave error by as I understand it still not making it possible to follow people. People call it Twitter clone but you can't follow people unless I'm missing something and I think uh that's just a huge, a huge missed opportunity. I think there are a lot of parts of Twitter they shouldn't emulate, but uh, that's when they should. So, yeah, we'll talk about but, these things. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, anyway, there's, um, I, I have a few more. So we, got, we have plenty of stuff to talk about. Yes. Uh, we can talk about wildies. Talk about what? We need a wildie. Oh, wilding? Wildy. W-I-L-D-I-E. I'll explain what it is. I'll explain. Okay. Not to be confused with wilding. Do you remember the wilding scare? Yeah, it has nothing to do with wilding. Good. Okay. Love no wilding here. Okay. So uh, I guess that's it. So I will see you very soon in the... Oh, it's at patreon.com slash parrot room. Right. People Uh, can join us. Uh, or they can just sign up there and uh, give their credit card information and not join us. It's really up to them. I'm kidding. And there'll be no wilding. There'll be no wilding. Guaranteed. See you there.